0: The captain delivers when his team really needed it. Eriksson just been brilliant. That is absolutely stunning from Christian Eriksen. Wembley to finish Arsenal off. No, son. And then oh. he did it. He scored. He missed it from Marquinhos oh. and David Luiz. Best of all time,
1: Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of The Last Word on Spurs as we return to reflect back on the 1-1 draw against Burnley at Turf Moor. Delighted to welcome a debutant to the show in James Dickens along with returning guests to The Last Word on Spurs in voiceover stand-up comedian and drummer Darren Altman and Talia Corrin back on this show Looking forward to discussing an hour in store of all things Tottenham. And of course, we're reflecting on Jose Munoz's public comments on Tungi and dembele and how the panel felt that went down. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks, as always, for subscribing. Darren, I'm going to start with you for this show. Spurs' winless run finally comes to an end at Turf Moor as we leave with a point following that 1-1 draw. So much better after the break, but... I think, as I said to you, Darren Offairs, we reflect back on Sunday's results, seeing Man United win, Chelsea win, and you look at Saturday's results, Arsenal winning, Sheffield United winning. Does it feel in a way that it hasn't been a great weekend for Tottenham in terms of the Premier League results that's come to us?
2: It goes without saying, to be honest. I mean, you know, a, a point away really anywhere is, uh, is decent. But uh, in, in other circumstances, you'd be happy. But it really just has set us back again. Uh, mathematically and um and with the display i mean it's it's like we're going backwards you know you said you know it's been nine months since the champions league the dizzy heights and we were all you know singing down uh white heart lane and, and ever since then it's just it, it's it's not even two steps forward one step back it's just as far as i'm concerned it's just back and back and back and you you, you, you know apart from Kane coming back and Son coming back. You know, you, you you really struggle to see the positives. And I think Saturday, you know, we struggled to see the positives uh, of that game.
1: In circumstances where you look at Burnley's recent form bringing you in there, James. I mean, again, someone will look at it and say that's a decent point against Burnley because they expected Burnley maybe to win that game. But we were much improved in the second half. We saw the Chelsea excellent yet once again. Sadly, you feel until one of Son or Kane return... It's going to be difficult. And again, it appears that not recruiting in that area in January has proved extremely costly to the club. What did you make of the performance and result up at Surfmore on Saturday?
3: I think the first half was it was absolutely ab- abject. Like as, as Darren said, really, I think, I mean, it was just getting worse and worse. When you saw the team that, that Mourinho put out, you, you feared that because it had five central defenders and it was just, and obviously Oliver Skip was in there. And Dombele was in a two-man midfield, which, if you're, if you're feeling uncharitable, he's, he's never going to be able to play in a two-man midfield. He didn't play in a two-man midfield in Leon, and it's kind of leaving both of those guys hung out to dry. Um, it, was, it was awful. The counter-argument to that is there are, there are not very many other players to play, but it was dreadful. I mean, the second half was much, much better. Um, and actually coming away with a point, in normal context, would, would be would be okay, but in the context of our season, we we just need to start winning and and as you say with the with the results this weekend, we we've dropped two points on a lot of people. Arsenal are a point behind us, and we've obviously got RB Leipzig, but then we've got United and uh, and their win today. It's just exacerbated matters, so we're under under a lot of pressure now, and it just made the game feel like we've lost, really.
1: The results of the Sunday really having such an impact, where you come away now feeling that, what looked like to some, a decent point up at Burnley, now feels incredibly a negative result. I mean, Talia, considering we were on the back of four straight losses, we played 120 minutes on the Wednesday, Burnley's recent excellent form and that horrific first-half showing, do you think that's a good point? Only because I asked that question, they've taken... 14 out of the last 18 points before the game against Spurs. They were banging form. But let's not forget, our full team, we destroyed them 5-0 in December. Where do you sit in terms of if that's a positive point or you come away feeling disappointed by this weekend?
4: I mean, in principle, no. I don't really think it's a good point. You know, on paper, we should be on another league to Burnley, really. You know, you think they're the games that we can you know, even up our goal difference normally and actually score goals. And you'd think, you know, we can actually give them a run and hopefully win. And I get that, you know, it's obviously difficult times and we don't exactly have the luxuries to have a limitless options with who to pick in the squad. But you'd like to think that, you know, we could take the three points. And I think what actually annoyed me a lot was that after the game, I think it was Delhi and Toby, um, they were speaking and they were like, oh, I think we did enough, To And I was like, are you joking me? Like, just playing good for 20 minutes was not enough to win um, the game in full. So I think, you know, in hindsight, yeah, you take a point. They're obviously in a good run. They're a good team. They're hard to break down. But you'd expect, you know, Tottenham of last year, Tottenham with a full fit team to absolutely take the three points.
1: Is that also the frustration, Tally? You mentioned in that final 20 minutes that Spurs at the moment, they do appear in the last 20 minutes or 25 minutes of a game to look much more stronger than the rest of it is the frustration. Why can't we start like that?
4: Exactly. I think, you know, I think definitely last season as well, it was, you know, we could never, ever kind of play well for longer than a half. We'd always have like a bad first half and then a good second half or vice versa. I think that was usually the way around. But I feel like now we can't even do that. We don't even make a half. We normally play well when we're losing or for like 15, 20 minutes when it's too late. I don't understand how, you know, the momentum comes when it is genuinely too late. And I don't understand why it takes a player so long to actually think we really need to get our heads in this game and actually do something. It's so static and lethargic for such long periods of time that, you know, something obviously comes over them when it is way too late. And it is so frustrating to watch because I think as fans and as people, we just watch it and think, why are you not passing there? Or why why is it this one running? And then they just don't get it. And they just look aimlessly at each other, like with their hands out, like, what are you doing? And we're like, what are you doing? So now it's definitely so frustrating.
1: I mean, that's the crazy thing. Come around to you, Darren. I spoke to you about this off air. You know, it is incredibly sad that in the space of nine months, Spurs have gone from a Champions League finalist, which, to be fair, that in itself. Domestically, we know there was a lot of cracks being papered over there, but we're now having to be satisfied with a point away to Burnley. Not that we want to be satisfied, but that's kind of where we're at. Is that, again, indicative because of the lack of investment in this team generally? We know money was spent in the summer on Tungi and Dembele Giovan and Giovanni and La Chosa, but we know that generally the team is in the middle of a rebuild. It needs players to be moved out as well as bringing players in. That That kind of mentality now is kind of filtering through to the players. Like Talia says there, the acceptance from Alderweire and Ali that you know that last 20 minutes is, is good enough for Spurs as a whole. Do you worry that that mentality is sinking through and we need to quickly eradicate that and remind ourselves of where Tottenham should be?
2: I think Talia said it, you know, first of all, just pick up on her point. It was absolutely right. You know, you can't play the 20 minutes, you know, at the end of the Burnley game and the 10 minutes at the end of the Norwich game before it went to penalties and say, Oh, you know, when Jose says, Oh, we deserve to win that. Well, you know, what about the other 80, you know, 60 minutes previous to that? So that, that I think she's absolutely right that you can't just turn it on for the last bit and then think, Oh, well, we were good enough to win. No, we weren't. But in answer to your question, you know, what, what's upsetting is that, you know, you reach the dizzy heights of a champion leagues final and, you know, and then you think, well, you know, everyone would want to come to Tottenham, you know, the best stadium in the world, you know, champions league final. Let's, let's bring it on. Come on. Let's sign some fantastic players. That doesn't happen. And then, you know, potch leaves, we go backwards. You know, we have the special one who, who's really not that fucking special as far as we're concerned now. And, and the, <laughs> and, and the upsetting thing is, is that, Tactically, and I know you wanted sort of to discuss, we're just all over the shop. I mean, when there's a consistency in a team, the manager generally, you know, bar injuries will stick with that team and sort of have faith. Everyone knows their role, everyone knows their place. You now, you look at Liverpool and uh, Leicester to a certain extent, you know, they don't change. But with us, I mean, you know, I've got I've got the teams in front of Norwich and Burnley. I mean, he made he made seven changes for Burnley, uh, you know from the Norwich game um Jose and I know we wanted to freshen things up and people like Skit were absolutely knackered but you know seven changes and you know and and also tactical changes as well and positions you know if you look at um Toby you know playing is is he uh, is he a left back is he is he he doesn't know whether to stick or twist does he bomb forward he's not Danny Rose um, you know, is is Eric Dyer a central? Is a defensive midfielder? Is is he a defender now? I mean, it's just, it's all gone to the pot.
1: <laughs> it's low, isn't it? We're feeling low. I mean, James, come and save us here because I mean, again, you know, you look at it and say the damage was done pre-Jose being compounded by the injuries, and now confidence does seem absolutely shot through this squad. And even if we say Jose can spend the money in the summer, that's if there is, you know, money to spend it does seem there is significant damage being done because we sat on our hands, James, at a time where the, we was in a position of strength. It seems absolutely criminal and a bit of a waste, doesn't it? Is that how you would reflect on that period, James, where we didn't spend the money?
3: Yeah, I think it was a bit of a waste. I do understand that, you know, they've got to pay for the stadium and all this kind of thing. And then we did, we were, I think, the third top spending team in the in the summer. Um, I, I just think that, that, that there's just a lot of excuses being made uh, everywhere, like Mourinho is talking about tiredness. He's talking about injuries. You know, I, I would say that although there is tiredness, there is injuries. There have been points where we've had no games for a week. We had no games for ten days in the winter break, and the performances have been awful anyway. Like if you if you have injuries, if you have Son and Kane out, you, you what you don't do is then carry on lumping up the ball to a five for eight Lucas Moura bit. Change the way the team plays. Get the ball on the floor. Do, look at—I mean, I'm not suggesting that any of these players are up to Liverpool's standard, but they have—they don't really have a proper centre forward. Firmino drops, Mane, uh, Salah—they all move around. Like, I don't—I don't suggest that we're going to be anywhere near as good as that. But try something else. You're the manager, and you're—and. And Darren was completely right about the. I know I'm supposed to be cheering you up. This isn't really working, is it? But
1: please carry on, James. We're trying to take some comfort from it. Go on, carry on.
3: (laughs) But no. But the 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 team is being picked It's different every week. So, but you have like that. I I thought it's probably more than twenty minutes. It's probably half an hour, forty minutes. It was good in the second half. But the team the team will change again, and I know they have to rest players and whatever. But like playing that back three with Alderweireld on the left. Sanchez was shocking. Tanganga is actually a centre half, and he hasn't been playing there at all. They, you know, we needed a goal, and they brought an Oreo to play right wing. Uh, it, it, the whole thing's just really confusing. Skip wasn't being played at all. And now he's played two games in a row. It's like you either like him or you don't. Parrot came on. Now he's not even on the bench. There just seems to be no. Kind of continuity of thought, and I really do. I do understand that having these players out injured is difficult. But I also think that there's a lot of excuses being made. Uh, Mourinho said, uh, "We can't expect anything else. I can't wait for the end of the season." So, what, do, what are the players supposed to think after that? They're going to just say, "Oh well, whatever we do, the manager's going to be fine with it. We'll make excuses and we'll carry on." Like, no, come say we expect better than this. We want. To play better football, we're trying. The season's still there. Fourth place is still up for grabs. But there's none of that. It's just I want the season to end. It's just, and so dispiriting.
1: Mm. I think that is pretty much the word of how we feel at the moment. Definitely the word dispiriting. Um, Talia, Now, some again will argue that this is nothing to do with Jose's tactics being outdated to some degree. This is what some will feel is a brand new philosophy for any that would want to try and look into this? Because it's the fact that these players can't all pull it off. Dele having multiple ample opportunities. Lamella and Tangi. Is it now a case that we have to let Mourinho build his side and he's now seeing what needs to be done? Or are you not taking any confidence that he can look in the summer to try and improve it? Where where are you in terms of Jose Mourinho right now?
4: You know, there's a lot of talk of everyone calling him a dinosaur and not knowing what he's doing. And I think... I'm like 50-50 split in that I completely understand that he's come into a club that is mishmash, also mid-season, where everything's a bit all over the place and obviously we're completely injury-ridden and all over the place. So I respect that he obviously can't come in and do a job to that degree. But at the same time... I just, I don't really know what he's doing. You know, toward the end when everyone was kind of questioning Poch and everyone was like, why is he making these weird subs and all of this? I feel like everyone's kind of now doing the exact same to Mourinho, but instead of about who is putting in the starting 11. Like, going back to tactics side, like, I feel like he just actually picked 11 of the most fit players and had to try to find a structure to make it work, which obviously doesn't work because... Our players don't play like that. They're not players that find the space and move and run. We lack creativity in every way and we've known that for such a long time and that was, you know, such a big reason to why Ericsson going missing was an issue because we have no creativity in this squad. No one does anything. And I think that's why a lot of people do feel frustrated with Mourinho because it's like, surely you're better off to pick some youth players in a system that they know pull together you know, 11 senior players into a formation with massive holes in it. Like, you know, ultimately, he kind of does know what he's doing. But you just think that he'd be able to see that this formation isn't working.
1: As always, we want to try and give the listeners a chance to bring in their questions. And, jot Darren, I've got one for you here. This is from Austin Cavalier, who says, any team with as many injuries as to their top talents would struggle. Liverpool without Salah and Mane would obviously struggle. It comes and goes. I do believe we're a fully fit squad. We're in the top two or three of the league. Do we think the negativity is overtaking our thinking and now turning us all apocalyptic? (laughs)
2: Haha, that's a very good word, Austin. Um, Do you know what I think? I think that when he came, um, Jose, he thought he would have... Now, if you look on paper, uh, you know, you look at um, obviously Kane and Son scoring for fun, you know, Christian Eriksen, um, you, you know, you look at the, the spine of the team, obviously Lucas, what he did at the champion league final. And, you know, you take away Christian Eriksen, Son, and Kane. Now that magical triangle, obviously still got deli. Um, you take away the sort of magic. Sissoko obviously was, uh, playing out of his skin and suddenly you, you're, left with bare bones and nothing up front. So, um, apocalyptic i don't know about apocalyptic but i think that very very quickly the wheels have come off so what jose thought he was taking over is suddenly nothing like what he's what he thought he was taking over he's got the bare bones of a team now and um and i think that's showing you know so uh, i was thinking about this before before i came on today you know there's you, you could argue that um you know, he's, he's got two main strikers um, out. So, you know, what does he do? His hands are tied. You know, he can only sort of, um, you know, mix and match and try and uh, plaster over the cracks. But then you think, well, you've got a young striker. Why don't you play him? You know, Parrott doesn't even get a look in. And, and Jose is saying things like, you know, he's a lovely kid. He comes from a great family. But I don't think he's got faith in him. He doesn't want to play him. He doesn't think he's ready yet. So, okay, so he doesn't want to play Troy Parrott. So so then what do you do? You know, and and then you like we were saying, you know, tactically at one game to the next, we're just scratching our heads just thinking, well, this is mix and match. It's like pick and mix, you know. Um, So in answer to your question, um, is apocalyptic too too much of uh, an exaggeration? I don't know if it's apocalyptic, but I certainly think whether you can blame it on the injury list and what we've got now for him to pick and choose from and a combination of his tactics, I think we're up a certain creek with a certain rowing implement.
3: <laughs> I think the, the summary of all this really is is that no one's happy with what, how it's going now. Probably not even Mourinho, to be honest. Um, and what we, what we need... To, like, I mean, maybe you could be doing better, maybe you couldn't. What you need to think, really, is do you actually believe that he is the person to carry this on next season. And I'm sure he will be there. But do you believe that he's the person to make this better? Do you and believe also, it? Do you, do, believe, do, you believe, do you believe it? No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't. And we'll, we'll, get, in, we'll get into... I mean, a lot of this is um, airy-fairy kind of ethos and what you believe football to be about. And basically, as a, when I was growing up with Spurs, all we had was what we, be, we believed football to be about. It's the beautiful game. It's about doing things in style. It's about being classy and I I don't really I never liked James A. Mourinho, so I am and I'm well aware that I'm looking for confirmation bias here. But I don't like the way he treats people and we'll get on to and Dombele later. I don't yeah. like the football he plays. I'm not interested in the football he plays. I don't feel he's been relevant since the back end of his Real Madrid stint. I think the Man United thing wasn't great. The football was awful, the way he treated people was awful. The Eva Canero thing was absolutely appalling. And I don't, I don't want him managing my club. And I've seen nothing. And, he's, and, and I don't think that Pochettino would have done any better at the moment. But I don't think he's the person to take us to the, to back to where we were or even forward. And I don't, I, honestly, for a, an ambitious new club with a new stadium, brilliant stadium, brilliant training ground, all these players. And, and actually, I, I believe that the recruitment has been mainly good uh, recently. I don't think he's the right, even the right profile of manager, in my opinion. But hopefully I'm proved wrong. But I don't think he is, no.
1: Let's do a quick double check on this across the panel very quickly. Just a yes or no, we've got a lot to get through. Talia, for you, will he be the right man for you in time, yes or no?
4: Long term, no. He was brought in to be a winner because that was the one, I guess, thing off the list that we were missing. Mm. But he's not winning with this team, so no.
1: Darren, quick answer on this for you, yes or no? Is he the right profile at the moment or long term? Long-term, Jose Mourinho, what am I talking about? <laughs> well,
2: I mean, it, it, profile, yes, he's a big profile. Is he the right fit for us? I think so. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, let's do another quick question here from our listeners. This is from Martin at Noosa Martin. He says, do the players believe in what they're being asked to do on the pitch? James, what do you think? Do they believe in Mourinho's methods at the moment?
3: They don't. I mean, I, I tweeted out at half-time that they look absolutely shot of confidence. They were all walking with a slump. They're, they, they, they. None of them wanted the ball. There's no movement. They're all some. Well, a lot of them are being played in difficult positions. I mean, there's some that obviously do believe in him. The likes of Tanganga would obviously run through a brick wall for him because you know he's bought he's given him his chance, and actually he clearly should have been given a chance before, and that's to Mourinho's credit. But, um, I mean, Deli Ali looks. He's got face like thunder the whole time. Um, I, I don't know, I. I'm not sure the players, uh, whether they believe or not, I, you, it's, it's impossible to tell, but they, they, they're certainly not, um, they're obviously there's, there's the likes of them who clearly don't, the likes of Lo Celso clearly do, or maybe he'd play like that all the time. It's difficult to tell, to be honest, but they're certainly not playing very well, unless that's how they're being told to play.
4: All they're being told to do is hit and hope. That is the yeah. current tactic, hit and hope. But is that
1: based no, on what I, he's got to at the moment? Is that just based on the players? I mean, listen, we, we all want more than that, don't we? That There has to be more than that given time. We have to. But just to reflect on the team, tally, before I bring you back in, we saw Loris and Alderweireld return after missing the last two. Skip kept his place in the team. unden and Lamella made rare starts after fitness troubles. It was a back three for Spurs with Tanganga and Vertonghen, which effectively meant there was five starts starting the game. The Choso, Mora Winks and Aurea all on the bench. And we reflect on that first goal because Hugo Lloris really push Jay Rodriguez's volley into the path of Chris Wood, who prodded home with a few yards out. I mean, Talia, you couldn't quite believe it that only Spurs, or you could say only Jose Munoz Spurs, would line up with five centre-backs to start the game and would concede after 12 minutes. Were you surprised? Should we be surprised?
4: I don't think anyone was surprised and that is, you know, the problem and it completely shows the downfall and how negative everyone is. Because I was sitting watching that and we just laughed <laughs> because, I mean, I think, I don't have a clue what the stat was, but didn't they have like 10 shots and like five on target or something and we had like one?
1: Yeah, in the space, and I think, it, the first half hour, 35 minutes, yep.
4: Exactly, and I think that, you know, it was just awful that first half was diabolical it was terrible from Lloris, from Toby from Dyer, for all of them for that goal it was such a shambles but the word is we were just not surprised and I think that you know it's such a bad place to be but you know five centre-backs against Burnley I mean when was that ever going to work like I get that you know we need to defend because they're hard to break down and things like that but With hitting hope and no one running around and no one being creative, especially as LaSalle being on the bench, what did he honestly think that we were going to be able to do to score? Like, I don't understand any way, shape or form how he put that 11 together and thought, this will work.
2: My wife said to me, you know, I think she came in halfway through the first half and said, how are we doing? And I said, we're not going to score in this game. Exactly. Apart from, uh, you know, a lucky penalty. Which we got... uh, well 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 taken penalty don't get was, me wrong out yeah. yeah beautiful beautiful penalty but i said to emma so we're not going to score in this game from open play no way and like Talia said it's you know it's and players that don't, don't know what they're doing i mean you know eric Dyer back in the middle of the defence like he looked like a lost sheep bless him you know his header do you know, he,
1: he it, i he made. i mean say the as he, well to be fair, has definitely improved he made that gr- great tackle we made that great oh, tackle in the yeah, second half
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. the tackle was was fantastic it was yeah. like you know last dish that was yeah I mean positionally uh, it's just you know like I said him and I said to I I said I said they'd be bypassing our midfield I said and Dombele and Skip have barely touched the ball Mm. you know it was it was just bizarre and I think that as we've discussed before you know if you make so many changes seven changes in that team from the Norwich game and people playing in places that you know they're not normally used to playing it you can't have continuity it's impossible
3: to tell you his point if you're playing those long balls to very small forwards I mean the obvious thing is, and you've got the likes of Ndombele and Skip in midfield pass the ball play them the ball get the ball to their feet it can, I mean it's not that complicated you've got ball playing midfielders who don't who don't reach particularly Ndombele you just can't get up and down give the ball to his feet let him take it and pass it through to the smaller forwards you don't need to keep lumping it it just, all it it just takes out your main threats. It's it's
1: bizarre. Yeah, no, it is. And to be fair, I mean, just on the back of that first goal, James, I mean, again, Hugo Lloris, who saved us right at the end of a great save for that opener. There'll be many critical of him. Andy Gray criticized Hugo and said, it's a straight out an international goalkeeper. It should be dealing with it. If you're not, you should not be dropping it out like that in front of you. Do you think with, with Hugo generally, are you worried about his form? Is he a player that, in the summer, listen, we've got enough issues to contend with player-wise. Maybe that's one. Maybe for down the line. But would you be looking for Hugo's long-term replacement?
3: Yes, most certainly. I mean, the, I mean, he's obviously very good, and you can see the difference between him and Gazaniga, in my opinion. However, he is he, I mean, he's made these mistakes ever like the whole time he's been with us. He did it in the World Cup final for France. They're just in him. They're never going to go. And it's, you just—I think—we need to start looking at who that next goalkeeper is for the next for ten years. But yeah, there's not—I mean, there, there are such massive problems in the rest of the squad that you'd probably leave that for another year. I think
1: mm. uh, that's isn't it a damn indictment at the moment? We've got so many situations where we need to resolve first that, with regards to Hugo Lloris, it's one of those where, of course, we need to sort it. But there's so many more pressing issues long-term that. It is really difficult. Minty Bloke says, Are you surprised that even with five centre-backs on the pitch, we couldn't keep a clean sheet for more than 12 minutes? I think as we answered, none of us were really surprised. Habib Hayat says, Jose's plan was to not to concede in the first half and attack in the second. We played a back line of all of our centre-backs, all five of them, and we conceded them in 15 minutes. How can I turn this into a positive? Well, Habib, I think we're all struggling, to be honest with you, at the moment in terms of finding positives at the at this present moment in time but Deli Alli to be fair to him you know he did bring Tottenham level and I want to kind of do it in this order because we are going to save the Undumbele chat which I think is going to be a big one for our second half of the show but on Deli Alli bringing us level to be fair that was due to the formation change at half time and the introduction of Giovanni Le because he could not have worked faster or harder in that second half. He slipped a lovely boy into Mella, who was caught by me trailing leg. And to be honest, Darren, you said it, that was the only way you felt Spurs were going to score. And we did.
2: Yeah, and Lichel so what a breath of fresh air he is. I mean, you know, great vision, you know, runs, you know, he's got such an engine on him and, you know, plays with passion. You know, when you came in, you just thought, oh, thank Christ for that, you know. And he absolutely put a rocket up their up arses. Um. Yeah, uh, I, I think he was he, he, in the last few games, and since his he, since he started, really, he's he's, he's been uh, he, he's been the one that's uh, you actually think he, he's he's motivated, and he's 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 the one that's the, the actual threat at the moment. I mean, even you know Lucas, who I, who I really do like, he's to be industrious don't get me wrong but just running down a blind alley all the time i mean maybe it's just that old thing of of kane and son and we we just got nothing to aim for up top you know maybe we are um, handcuffed until they get back
1: that is the difficulty isn't it, at the moment. You feel like he's having to play these players where he's, he's got no real other opportunities open to him. Yes, there's the argument that it f- should be more structure. The players should know more what we're doing. We should be able to get more out of this squad, despite Kane, despite Son being out, and of course also despite Sissoko being out, another key player... But I mean, just on Deli Ali James, you know, he's taken a lot of stick. You go onto social media and with Ali it's always split, but you feel at the moment there's a lot of negativity towards him. That was his fiftieth Premier League goal for Spurs, and to be fair, he's the youngest English midfielder to reach fifty goals, you know. He joins that kind of you know, elaborate crew of Frank Lampard, David Beckham, Paul Scholes, Stephen Gerrard. Where are you with Deli Ali? for you? Do you feel we can still offer more at Spurs? Does he have a long term future at the club?
3: Oh, yeah, I think he has a long term future at the club, it's just a question of where you play him in the team because he's a he's a very not a very funny player. he, he won't won't really he won't beat a player, he's not I've got an amazing passing range, he's not got a great engine, but he does know where to be and where to put a ball in the net, but he's not a striker. so it's it's a bit of a funny one, and I'm not quite sure like p- potentially if you're playing him in a if you're playing a four three three, which is the only formation and Ndombele, for example, can play in and it works quite well if you've got Bergvine and Sonny side of Kane for example where do you fit Deli Ali I don't think he can really play in a midfield 3 he looks a bit it doesn't really fit in wide he really needs to play as a number 10 but our most creative player is Lo Celso, and he would probably play there or you'd play him deeper and play him Dombele, maybe if he if he gets fit or I don't know it's very it's very difficult I, you need to keep him but it, he needs a very specific set of circumstances to be uh, very effective, however, I thought he was pretty good yesterday, considering he 's absolutely you can never doubt his effort and he 's doing his best up front he 's been put up there as a as a striker because he 's tall essentially, um, and he 's really doing his best to try and hold the ball up and bring people into play and it 's not his natural game despite his height his height he 's actually just he 's ghosting into the box beyond a, a proper striker and and finding space that way, and given that there isn 't one it 's very difficult for him.
1: I think that's also very key, James, that you mentioned there to bring up the fact that Ali is playing completely out of what his normal position would be. We know that he loves to play just behind Harry Kane. And he's filling in a role at the moment that he's clearly not comfortable with doing, but he is still doing it for the team. He is still working very hard. I mean, to sum up his game, there's a few neat flicks and that didn't always come off. But, you know, he leveled things up shortly after the break with that confident penalty. He sent Nick Pope the wrong way. He did cause Burnley a number of problems in that second half. And Talia, again, just to kind of bring up that stat of Ali, you know, he got to 50 Premier League goals in 128 games. That's faster than Gerard. That's faster than Frank Lampard. Faster than Paul Scholes. Two games faster than he's in Hazard. Do we sometimes forget just how far Ali has come in a Spurs shirt? And sometimes, I'm saying sometimes that we have to, you know, realise that he's still a you know a young man, a lot to go with Deli Ali. and he's, as I said, planning a position right now that for him, it's not his position.
4: I mean, yes, I I think so. I think you
1: don't agree with me, do you? I could tell. No,
4: I do. No, I'm just. I'm trying to think about what I'm going to say to try, like, be nicer. But I think the problem with Delhi is that because he had such a great few seasons, whatever they were, that you know, two three seasons in a row where he was literally scoring for fun, and he was so so good that last season and this season he has just dropped off. And I know there was a whole joke about Delhi's brother and all of that kind of stuff, but I think his problem is that he does just become a pedestrian a lot of the time. And I think people get so frustrated, especially in situations like we're in now, where we do look for that talisman and someone to you know, be in the right place at the right time when he's not or when he misses and everyone's like, For God's sake, Delhi, what are you doing? Like people do kind of forget that he is at our position and it's not what he's used to. But I still think they kind of expect him to be able to do the job and you obviously can't kind of have it both ways. You know, you can't expect him to go above and beyond if it is, you know, completely out of his reach. But at the same time, you expect him to give everything. And I do think, you know, you you can't really fault him. I think he is definitely one of the players that does look like he gives everything that he can most games, which is obviously all you can ask for. I think it's just a bit frustrating that because, like I said, he is kind of the only upfront player on paper other than Lucas at the moment that kind of can put things in the net when he doesn't. And he is so close to scoring on so many different opportunities and they just doesn't come off that people just get so aggy. But of course, look, you know, 50 goals is amazing. And I think, you know, he's, he is young and he's the first one to say, you know, I don't just want to do better than this. I want to improve in myself and I want to do more. So no, absolutely. I think, you know, he's got a long way to come and I hope that he does, continue to improve
1: mm. I, I, listen, I totally agree with you I think with Ali all joking aside I think that's the most frustrating thing where, because he had those like you mentioned there the, the two three really good consistent seasons because we have seen a drop off naturally we're almost like where, where has this come from But Is that,
4: it's just expectations that's mm, it I course. think as soon as you expect someone to perform and they don't yeah. you just think w- what's wrong with them mm. And it, you know you can't expect someone to be at that level every game every season mm. but it's just
1: It's like you said, because we've seen it, because we've seen that such good potential, we want to have that on a more consistent basis. And we can only hope it's going to come under Jose Mourinho in the next season or two. But I think what will be key for him is that when he does get to play back in his normal position, that hopefully we do see a return to form. Because otherwise, if not, it is going to lead to more questions. But we are going to go for a very quick break. And when we return, we haven't even got started yet. So much to talk about. Dominant Eric Dio played really well in that second half. Giovanni Luchelto's impact, who ran the game for Tottenham when he came on. And also, Jose Mourinho piling in on Tsungi Ndombele. Where do you sit on the matter? Well, you're going to hear the guys' thoughts here. Lots to talk about, lots to discuss. Do not go anywhere. We are back after this very, very short break. Hello and welcome back to the last word on Spurs here. A lot to cover in this second half. And We're going to start this second half of the show talking about Eric Dyer. James, we've seen the last couple of games that Dyer has reverted to what he believes is going to be his best position for the football club, and that's as a centre-back. And to be fair, he did make an absolutely huge tackle for Tottenham to deny Vidra, doing pretty much exactly what Raul Jimenez did to us the week before. For weeks, months on end, people have been throwing Dyer under the bus, pelters at him. Has it been quite a turnaround in the past week, given all what happened, as we know, after that Norwich game in the Cup? What have you made of it in terms of his turnaround so far?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a massive fan of of Eric Dyer from from before under Pochettino. I think he was brilliant. Um, I do think this whole thing about which position is his best position is I don't know. it's a bit of a false narrative, really. I don't know why he needs to. Like he said, he just wants to play central defence, um, which is a bit annoying given that we really lack a defensive midfielder. And in the in the second forty five minutes against Burnley, he was exactly that defensive midfielder we needed. He was, he was like the Eric Dier of old yeah. he's, He was quick feet for him. He was getting moving the ball on quickly. He was cutting off things. And he made that tackle on Vidra from his position in midfield. So he went in between the central defenders, tracked the runner and made the tackle. And I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Um, and if, if that Eric Dier can carry on playing there, then he's much more used to us in midfield. Danny in in defence. We've got quite a few defenders, so and quite a few. No offence to Eric Dyer, slow defenders. If he can play like that in midfield, then great. But he's been playing pretty well at the back as well. I don't I don't doubt that. But I think he can. If he plays well, he's of much more value in midfield, um, giving us a a bit of stability there. And in fact, I think I'd rather if if you're going to play either a back three. Or back, or, yeah, or back four with two central defenders. I'd rather he played in midfield than we played three central defenders. To be honest, because he he does the job anyway. He sits there and he splits the centre halves, and he does a great job. Um, and if he's back on his previous form, then he's he solves a massive problem for us for the rest of the season.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, Talia, with regards to Eric Dyer, he's a player that for some, you know, he does split opinion. But he had a real battle on his hands with both Chris Wood and Jay Rodriguez to deal with. However. After the break, he moved into midfield, as Mourinho, as we know, changed things about. But he came to Spurs' rescues midway through that second half with that brilliant block on Vidra, who cut inside, ready to shoot. It was his third successive start under Mourinho. Are you slowly seeing improvement from Daya that you want to see?
4: Yes, I actually am. I have been very quick to slag off Daya. I know on here I have many times before. And I do think that, you know... He's definitely, definitely improved. And I think apart from the dodgy first 15 minutes where everyone was diabolical and he was somewhat responsible for um, conceding that goal, I think he did have an all-round solid game. And I think slowly but surely, he's definitely kind of returning to the dire that we all used to like and think, oh, yes, I'm actually glad that he is part of the starting 11. And I think, you know, he has been playing more and you can tell that he is getting fitter. And he, he kind of looks a bit more light-footed, <laughs> which has obviously really helped in this situation. So I think, you know, if he continues to kind of play like that, then people will definitely be more on board with him playing.
1: Darren, I know you were just mentioned about Dyer before the break, saying that, you know, he's been chopped and changed in different positions and at times he's looked, you know, a bit lost. Do you feel now the last three games that he started, are we slowly starting to see the Eric Dyer that we knew under Pochettino when he was, you know, I don't want to say in his prime, but you know when he was in form, slowly coming back. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I don't, you know. It used still really convincing,
2: yeah. I, I, do you know what? I'm sorry to 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 piss on your chips, everyone, but I I, I sort of need convincing. I mean, I, I, if he's doing a job in, as a defensive midfielder, then I get it. But it's just. And I know, you know, he's got to be—he's got to be careful in what, we... What you know, he can't just lump the ball. But it's—it, it's just seems sideways and backwards with him. I don't know where—is—is is that his remit? Maybe educate me. Is that his remit? Is that his... you know, what he's been told to do? You know, sideways, backwards, just err uh, on the side of caution but it's just he it frustrates me really because he's a big old lump but I don't see any sort of forward-thinking mentality you know, at least with someone like um you know Harry Winks in front uh, in front of him you know you you've got you desire to to create but I mean am, am I am I just am I am I
1: is that Dyer's game though do you think does Mourinho just want him to be this sounds you know again very you know stereotypical when I put him in this category getting another like Neman, Nemanja Matic are you with me that kind of player that is literally there just to defend just to protect doesn't want much from going forward to so literally be that wall if you like as much as listen it's not the most inspiring role Dyer seems happy to want to play it
2: well you know I'm, like I said I'm, I'm happy to bow to your uh <laughs> To your to your to your knowledge on this one. But it, it, you know, and that's the reason I sort of sit, sit on the fence with him because it just it may maybe he's doing a, a a job and doing playing a role that I, I just don't don't give him enough credit for. Let let's let's be devil's advocate in that case because uh, um it it just frustrates me this sort of sideways, backwards thing. I, I mean I suppose if he's not giving the ball away and he's doing his job, then, you know, job done. But uh Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know with Dyer.
4: Winks is very negative a lot of the time as well, though. He is also very sideways backwards. He does sometimes drive forward, but I do think that Winks is very negative and a lot of people have turned off... You know, been turned off him because of the same reasons. I do think that we can get someone better than Dyer because I've been... I've been very strongly worried about Dyer for a long time. I was just being complimentary because I thought he had a decent game.
2: (laughs) Right. But,
3: no, we, we can definitely get someone... Better being, than Dyer. You're a bit but better, than I, I think, games,
1: aren't you? For, you? for you, you've you definitely
3: not, see an improvement. Yeah, yeah, I do see an improvement. I also, I mean, it's you know any port in the storm at the moment. We need a defensive midfielder, and I think, I mean, if you if you can if you look at the, one of the problems with our midfield, it's that they all tend to be running around in um, ever concentric circles and not actually doing anything. And if you if you want a situation where the Chelsea can influence the game and Dombele can influence the game if he's playing or Winks can, or whoever's playing in that midfield role, Sissoko, if he ever gets fit. I think you need someone there to give security to that. You need, and and we'll we'll get onto Dombele later, but you need him to be able to go forward and not track back, or not track back very fast because he's not going to do it and he never has done it. So if you've got Eric Dyer just sitting there mopping up in the front of the back four, and passing it to La Le- Celso, who's passing it to Ndombele, or passing it wide to Bergwijn's son, Kane, whoever's playing there. I think that's a valuable role for the rest of the season. Yeah, we really need a better defensive midfielder than him. But I think on Sunday's form, he's the best we've got, and he's a he's a valuable asset to have while we need someone in that role.
1: Valuable assets, James, you mentioned there in terms of... Um... Giovanni Licelso, you know, this guy is proving to be a very valuable asset at to the Tottenham. He was immense since he came on. We saw Jose Mourinho make that double substitution at the at the break. Oliver Skip, and Indembele going off. Giovanni Licelso, Lucas Moura coming on. And to be fair, that system changing, bringing those two players on, it did change the game. And Licelso, as I mentioned, you know, he ran it, driving at Burnley with the ball, making things happen. You know, the more and more we're seeing of this guy, are you falling more and more in love with him, James?
3: Yeah, I am. He's an absolutely wonderful player. And, you know, he he, he that drive is everything that, that, uh, that Christian Eriksen didn't have. They've got the same ability, but just Eriksen never had that drive. And I was, I'm was, i a massive fan of Eriksen, but I think that drive that he has... I mean, and, and, you know, he's got a bit of pace about him. He was breaking down the left-hand side during that game. I didn't know he had that pace, but it was brilliant and... He seems to have learned a lot in Betis. And, and I watched him quite a bit when he was playing intermittently for PSG in a in a two-man or three-man midfield. And he looked really out of sorts and didn't know how to play in that role, having played as a 10 before. But I think he's like he, just every game, he's brilliant. I've not seen him have a bad game since he came to the team. He's just absolutely fantastic. And like he, i'm not criticizing Mourinho for this one. He needed a rest because we need him. Like you, you can bring him on for 15 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes, and he just changes the whole balance of the game. His, his range of passing, his pace, his incisiveness, his punchy forward passes fizzing into those strikers that actually get them on the half turn and getting them towards the goal. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely brilliant. And to get him for, I think we ended up getting him for 28 million, 27 million. It's an absolute steal.
1: Talia, he made an immediate impact on proceedings. He played in the middle of a brilliant through ball that saw me foul the Argentinian, pulled the strings in the midfield of the park and he was outstanding. He looked to guide Spurs to a winner and he very nearly did give us the winner. I mean, how impressed have you been really since he's had that regular run of games under Jose Mourinho?
4: So, so good. I honestly think I'm a bit in love. He's honestly the one shining light from such a shit season. And I think I'm so glad that like everyone, you know, he's kind of found himself and become a character. And I think... Everyone is just like, yes, everyone loves Laselso, which is amazing. Um, I also think, do you know what's underrated about him? He's a proper character on the pitch. Like he was screaming, not this game, but like the game before, he was screaming at Aurier, like he's pr- proper vocal. And I think that's also so important because we're definitely missing that kind of character. So he's not only got the skill, he looks like he's got the passion, but he's also got the voice. And I think, you know, he's also pretty young. So he's definitely a bright, bright future ahead. And I'm so glad that Mourinho's also kind of realised that this is what we need. Because I know at the beginning, everyone was a bit worried that, you know, he's Argentinian, he was a poch kind of player, and Mourinho wasn't starting him. And we thought, you know, there's no way he's going to sign Perm and the loan would be over. But now it's like, you can't even see how that was kind of ever in his thought process, because he's so utterly impressed, which is great. So no, absolutely, he is an absolute star. And I'm so grateful, and you know, that we have him.
1: I'm so glad, Telly, you, you brought that up in terms of that mentality he's got. Because I think that's one thing Mourinho has really liked about him. The fact that he has shown that since he's come to the club. And it's even the point where, I don't know if you saw it, Darren, that was the exact kind of tactical foul he made Luchelso in the second half where Burnley were on a break, that Spurs haven't done enough this season. And you just feel that, again, is Mourinho's you know, mentality already sinking in on Giovanni so It's not affecting his attacking for it which is a good thing at the moment hopefully it won't hopefully it will give him the freedom to carry on playing the way he does because of that phenomenal run in the second half where he, he took on about four or five players and then laid it off to a Spurs player but I mean have you been impressed as well Darren by just how quickly he's taken to the Premier League
2: oh god yeah I mean uh, i, 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 I disagree with james slightly i thought that he, i don't think he had uh, he, i thought it took him a little while to set into, settle into the the premiership i thought his first few games where he wasn't quite on pace but now um he's like he's got a rocket up his ass and um it, looking at the bigger picture i think that, that that when teams line up against spurs they're thinking oh we we can get a you know we can do a job here because they're, they're all over the shop and i think out of all the dross and the, and the doom and gloom that we've been discussing um, on, on the on the show. I just think that that you're right. Lacelso is is the shining beacon and that tenacity, that willingness to get forward. Just to think, well, fucking come on then, uh, have some of this. And I, I just think that you know it's uh it's it's the rocket that we need at the moment. And um, whereas everyone else is sort of running around, you know you know a bit static and not knowing what what's going on you know when you've got someone like him who's actually sort of leading by example um i think it's it's fantastic and long may it continue and hopefully you know when other players uh get back from injury you know uh sissoko and uh kane and son as we've, we've discussed you know he will remain a constant and his role will, will develop and he and he will have the freedom to play you know, like Ericsson, in, in uh in his own little space and to and to dictate the uh, dictate things.
1: Yeah, I think like I say Will so hopefully a player that we've got a very big and bright future for. We're not gonna say that enough this season about some of these Spurs players, so definitely one that we are holding our hopes on. Now another player that I felt did make a, a big impact was Eric Lamella. Showed more fight than almost anyone, won that penalty, but again with Lamella typical was guilty of wasting several good chances. Spurs' final change was actually Aurea for Lamella, who went off. But, you know, starting his first game following that recent injury, almost had a sight on going the first few seconds of the ball that just went through his legs. But he won the penalty for Spurs just after that second half, drew the foul from Ben Mee. But as we said again, plenty of fight and good to see him get minutes in the tank after his recent injury problems. But the thing we always say about Lamella is, if only he could stay fit. If only he could stay fit. If only he
2: had a right foot.
1: (laughs) If only he had a right foot. Talking about right foot's Talking about fitness brings me on to probably the highlight of the main debate of the show, which I know we've been itching to get into. It is now time. It's time to talk, Tungi, it's time to talk about Jose Munoz's man management. Before we do it, just want to obviously put it out there that the Frenchman was given a rare start, but it was more in a deeper role in midfield alongside Skip. He just couldn't have an impact on proceedings going forward and was hooked at the break. Before we discuss Jose Munoz's comments, we want to let you hear them. So here is Jose Munoz's comment after the post-match press conference against Burnley. And this is where Mourinho spoke in depth about Undanbele and what he can give to the team. Now, we know there's obviously a Sky interview as well, but we preferred to play this one to you. And this is what he said. Jose, you made two changes
2: and changed the tactics at half-time. What was your, your thinking to,
5: to do that? My thinking was in the first half, we didn't have midfield. It's as simple as that. I think more important than the tactics is um, to have midfield players that want the ball to have midfield players that uh, connect the game to have midfield players that press to have midfield players that recover the ball to have midfield players that win duels and um, we didn't have it and um, of course I'm not speaking about Skip because Skip is a, a kid of 19 years old that played two hours of football in in the last day, and um, I don't, I'm not critic with Skip at all, at all, um, because I don't want another question about the same story. Um, I, I'm not going to run away, and I have to say that um, Tangi had enough time to come to a different level. I know that the Premier League is very difficult. I know that some players it takes takes time. Some players they take long time to adapt to a to a different league. But a player with his potential, with his responsibility, I think he has to give us more than he's giving us. And especially when you see the way Lucas, Los Elso players that uh, are playing every minute, I was expecting. Uh, I was expecting more in the first in the first half, but second half was was really good.
1: James, we're reflecting on the back of Jose Munio's comments there on Tungi Undembele. Now Munio obviously not happy with Undembele's performance and again some would say rightly so, but it wasn't criticising his skill, it, it's more criticising the effort. Now, as we know, the sky interview without saying his names, he says he cannot keep giving him opportunities unless he improves. It is the club's record signing. Where do you stand, James? For you personally, on the way Mourinho has handled this situation on Ndombele?
3: Now I can kind of understand the 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 way he's been treated. He's been given chances, and he came in against Norwich, and I think he played the 90 minutes. He was really good um, around, I think it was around Christmas. Um, but he's been in and out. I found that his comments at the weekend were, were poor. I don't. This, this is kind of maybe this is. I think it's a personal thing, really. I I don't I don't think a manager should treat people who work for him in this way. You know, he doesn't know what's going on in the background in in Ndombele's life. He's a 22-year-old kid in a new country. You know, he may be struggling in his personal life. Mourinho may not know that. And I think hanging him out to dry in public is is just no way to do anything. And I know there's the whole thing that it will motivate him. And like, it could motivate him or it could tip him over the edge. You'll never see the best out of him again. And I, I just think you can talk to him in private, you can t- even talk to him in front of his teammates, but there's absolutely no need to go to the press and castigate him like he has. People take different time, amount of times to settle. Um, as you know, as Darren said, Celso took a while to settle into the team, and then when what I kind of meant was when he was in the team, he then hit the ground running uh, and was was great. But some people take ages, and also Mourinho's got a history of doing this. It's this whole. Um, management by conflict. Uh, and he did it with Pogba. He's he's done it in the past with... And obviously, it didn't really work with Pogba. He did it with Joe Cole and it did work. Um, he did it with Eden Hazard and it did work. But then he's done it, obviously, he tried it with Anthony Martial. Didn't particularly work. He did it with Luke Shaw. And that, I mean, that was... Like when he was basically saying... He said after the game that he had to talk him through a game, which was just completely undermining. And I just don't like... People who treat other people like that, and I don't, I don't care whether it motivates him or not. You shouldn't treat people like that, in my opinion.
1: Obviously, this kind of debate is definitely gonna split opinion. But the the interesting thing you brought up there, James, for me is you know that he has done this before, and you mentioned the Pogba reference, you mentioned the Joe Cole reference. I even go far as back Talia as when he was the Chelsea manager, and twice, obviously, okay, twice if, if once wasn't enough, um, where he was managing John Terry and Frank Lampard, and you know Jermaine Genus at the time when he was on 5 Live on Friday was speaking and saying that with Mourinho, he fears that the method he's using is quite outdated where to call out a player and then they would kind of rough their sleeves up and say, I'll show you, I'll show you what I'm about. And the likes of Lampard and the Terries and the Joe Coles, they're the kind of characters that would kind of think, you know what, I can rise above this. I'm going to show him that I'm better than this. Do you worry that Tungy Ndombele isn't that kind of player and that that kind of way of going about trying to bring the best out of someone Football's almost evolved now, moved on, and that just isn't going to work now during the era that we're in.
4: Honestly, I, I don't think it's a timely thing. I think it completely depends on the personality of the person and how, you know, they're kind of powered to work and function. And from what we've seen of him, he seems like a bit of a lazy person who doesn't really seem to give a shit about what's said. And I can imagine, you know, him reading those comments and laughing and not really taking it to heart. So I don't particularly think it's a timely thing. I just think it he's the kind of person that wouldn't really react to that in that way. And I think, you know, not all players do respond positively to tough love. And I just don't think he's the kind of person to do that. But, you know, like going back to the kind of more holistic situation, I think there are kind of two sides to it. And depending on how much of a dickhead I want to be will depend on <laughs> whether or not I agree with Mott. More- Marino kind of said you know like on one hand I completely understand where he's coming from and it, it's not him being like a boring old Jose it's kind of it's frustration because he can't play the club record signing who supposedly had a pre-season and was playing games because he can't last 45 minutes without needing a sit down <clears throat> and obviously you know that is completely frustrating especially when he's a player with such good talent and we have seen glimpses of it and he obviously wants him to play and he's not giving him that because he's not fit enough or for any other reason. You know, in principle, he's walking around on, what, 200k a week, uh, which is more than pretty much any of the other players probably on the field at all yesterday. But he was by far the most disinterested and lazy player, which is not OK in any workplace. You know, if, if you do not buck up your ideas and kind of give your all for your boss and your company, then you get the sack because, you know, that is how work kind of is. So I think I I understand it has come from a place of frustration, but I don't really think he should have aired him out in that kind of way. And to his defense some way, I guess, you know, he was put in a formation that didn't suit him, played in a two-man build along, you know, skip an academy product, you know, in front of five center backs who were told to hit in hope. So, you know, he was never kind of going to excel and I guess to a degree that also probably did demotivate him because I think like anyone, if you're in a position that you don't want to be in, you probably do think, oh, for God's sake, and you don't give it your all. So I am kind of split, but I think I get the rationale behind doing it. I just don't think it's an effective way to do it.
1: Mm. I mean, Darren, just to bring you into that, we can all debate on whether it's right to call out a player publicly or you know wrong, but the frustration is that it's so clear under Mbele, from even the glimpses we've seen, he's an excellent footballer. The club are down to the bare bones. They need so much more than the odd cameo role right now that undenbele's offering, bearing in mind he's our record signing. You know, he's had a full pre-season and a Pochettino pre-season at that, so he should be fit. Whatever the knocks are he's had, you know, it's, it's a real difficult one here because Muno's criticised not his skill, it, it's the work rate of the player. But I mean, I will say in that first half for me, there's six or seven players that he could have easily called out is Undermbele at the moment just the easy option for him? How, how do you see it?
2: Well, first of all, um, regarding Talia's point, I mean, I, I completely agree that, listen, if, if Jose's got an issue with him and doesn't want to play him or wants to pull him, um, I think Jose said that he wanted to sub Bergvine, The plan was to sub uh, Stephen Bergvine after an hour. Uh, but he changed his mind at half time because it just it was all going tits up. So he did have a plan, a game plan, but he, he didn't stick to it. And you know, as we know, he he, he pulled Tunga and Mbappe off. But um, so regarding to what 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 Talia said, I think you know if if you have got a, an issue with someone and you know you're frustrated, and you're upset, that's fine, you know, but don't do it in public, you know. I mean, have a word with him shout and scream at him in the dressing room, but to you know, like you you don't know what's going like James said, you don't know what's going on his head, has he got issues? Um I just think that bawling him out in public is it and the other thing is, to do that publicly shows everyone you know all your competitors all the other managers your fans as well who are paying their good money to see you that the fucking wheels are coming off you know i just don't think it's a good message like it's all very well wearing your heart on your sleeve you know i i wear my mind on my sleeve but you know i'm not a premiership football manager and and to air your dirty it's not even about airing your dirty laundry in, in public so to speak i think it's about showing everyone your dissatisfaction do it behind closed doors um, so regarding uh, your point uh, um, about about Tungai, didn't just you'll have to refresh my memory. Wasn't there a couple of instances earlier on in the season where I think he pulled himself or said he didn't want to play? So he has got previous. What was all that about?
1: Uh, again, I, I think definitely during that 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 period when Mourinho came in, there was almost again that kind of hinting, that alluding to the fact that. Ndombele didn't feel fit enough to play. And even then, the early stages, you know, we we saw that. I don't want to say there's a problem between the two. I think it's wrong to say that. But there was, I think, fears and concerns at the beginning. But, I mean, since then, you know, we saw last week in, in the press conference that, you know, James with Neto, where he had the opportunity to really go in on him, where that video circulated virally, you know, about the fact that, you know, he wasn't really closing Neto down and Mourinho laughed it off. He had the opportunity there to really bollock him and he didn't. But to choose that game where, again, I say there's six or seven players in that first half, that for me, he could have easily pulled and he pulled Ndombele. And you reference it there for you. It's awful management. It's, you know, do it in private. And you mention it again. You know, Mourinho's management by confliction and style. It is, to be some degree now, it is outdated. Um, I'm not saying it isn't true, but you have to protect the players. And does it worry you? I mean, questions in here. This is from James Truscott, who says, is Dumbele finished for the rest of the season? That's one. And we've got another one here saying Andy Mackay saying, "Can you see a road back for him now? What do you think, James? Is there a road um, back for him? It's a shame because yeah, he's I got mean, so the, much this,
3: this, oh yeah, there's got to be a road back for him. I mean, he's he is the most talented player we've got. I Think him and Le, Le Celso, Um obviously with Kane and Son out. But he, he's that ability is is amazing. I mean." Um, you posted uh, from the last word on Spurs account of of Moussa Dembélé has retired from international football, and you posted out some clips of him. That's what that's what Tongi and Dembélé should be aiming for because he's a, he's got the same ability, he's he's got strength on the ball, he's got skill, but he, he, he needs to apply himself. But we we need to persevere with him. And to be honest, if it came down to a situation of him or Mourinho, I'd, I'd get rid of Mourinho because I think he's really the future, and I think. As Talia said, it it depends on the person. But some people need an arm around their shoulder, and some people need a kick up the arse. And it's very—you've got to be in a position to judge. And and Mourinho has got a history of not being able to judge those players. He just obviously it works with Joe Cole and John Terry. You know, they're in the country that they're from. Their families are around them. They've got stability. Your twenty-two-year-old kid in a new country—it's a tough one, and. Um, we need to stick by him. We need to keep going with him because I, th- I think there's an am- an amazing player in there, um, and it would be it's far too early to 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 bail on him now.
1: You also don't get the feeling, James, and I might be wrong. I don't get the feeling Daniel Levy is prepared to write for 65 million record signing at Tottenham. I, I, I just fail to believe he's going to be you know ready to to part ways or anything. Yeah, I still feel there's a long way to go. And you know we talk about Undenbelle's mentality. I think it definitely is worth noting this that. 2014, he was released um, from the Gunam Academy. He had no club. He felt personally he was finished. 2015, he was planning France's fifth division with a means. 2018, he joined Lyon permanently. 2019, he signed for Spurs. This is a player to some degree, James. He's always had a bit of adversity with his career. I think even in the past, he was let go when he was younger for fears that he was overweight. He's come back, you know, from adversity. Do you think Mourinho may have looked at his profile and thought maybe, you know, to come out publicly, that might be a way of getting the best out of him. I'm not too sure. For me, that is the right way. As I said with you guys, I don't think that's ever the right way. But does he feel like this is one of his only options left?
3: Clearly, he does. But again, like you've been through his career, Gangon, he had he was released at Amiens. He he had problems with this, uh, um, and 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 all through his career, and Leon, he he had to be played in a three-man midfield with a with a pure defensive midfielder and and someone. Kind of in the Lecce so mould shuttling around. So, you know, this isn't this isn't uh, something that is new. You, he's not. He, he's never going to be a player who can get around in a two man midfield. He's not got the body shape for that. That's just not the player he is. The problem is he's not really a ten either because he doesn't he doesn't work that hard to retain the ball to get. And he also likes driving from deep. You, and you need to build the team around him. But if you shuttle back to our Deli Ali conversation. If you play a three-man midfield, then Delhi can't really fit in. And at the moment, I'd rather Delhi play than Ndombele. But ndombele has got a much higher ceiling, in my opinion. But it's whether you can, it's whether you can get that out of him. you look at the games he played for Leon against Man City last season, he absolutely dominated Man City. So it's it's all there. It's just I don't know whether it's how you get it out of him. But I don't think conflict does that. I think it's pandered, pandering to him, really. And maybe the Premier League isn't the place for that to happen. Mm, I,
2: mean- I, looked at his, I looked at his showreel, you know, as I'm sure you all did, you know, before when when the rumours were we are going to buy him and I was absolutely, I was watching it with my jaw on the floor. But my <laughs> God, who's he? I thought he's got everything. He's, he's stocky, he's, he's hard, he's tough, he's got skills for days. I thought, my God, you know, and, and whatever whatever needs to be done to, to, to get him to, to that level again, do it. But I just don't think doing it, you know, sh- Balling him out publicly is the right is the right way at all.
1: Mm. Let me read out a bit of a crazy stat here that you know the total investment Spurs have made in Dembélé equates to more than Pochettino's five and a half year salary and Mourinho's three year salary combined. Now, me having said that, I'm gonna quickly go for for a quick round the table here. James, who's gonna last longer at Tottenham, Jose Mourinho or Sungyin Dembélé? Dembélé. Talia, who's gonna last longer, and Dumbele or Mourinho?
4: Depends if he hands in a transfer request. I <laughs>
1: know <laughs> well, Daniel Levy's Daniel Levy will not sell him for anything less, you feel, than the sixty five million. Oh, I, I, might I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Quickly Don't go on, on sure. give us a quick answer. We've got to quickly do RB Leipzig. Who's gonna be a little bit more? Darren, who's here longer? Undumbelly or Mourinho? Tungy. Tungy. Got that you know what? I'm gonna sit here. Yeah, I'm gonna sit here and agree. I, I'm gonna agree. I think Full House. I think Undunbele is gonna last out Mourinho. There'll be people screaming at this podcast thinking, "Are you guys sure?" Maybe, or there'll be others agreeing out there. It's definitely gonna split opinions, but we've done our best to debate it. Just want to give a quick shout. We had a lot of questions in on Undunbele. To Richard Wright, Gulam, Noah DeSantis, Brayton, Vahinja, the Fat and the Furious, yeah, Andy Mackie, and Dame James Truscott who also mentioned Undunbele. Hopefully. We've done that debate now, and we can look ahead to RB it. Be Before we do, just a quick shout-out. We haven't had a chance to give him a bit of a mention, but Oliver Skip. Munoz clearly saw enough in midweek to give him another start. He made a big contribution early on. as He cleared that ball off the line. He was also on hand to nip in and get the ball just off Rodriguez, who was about to let fly. and at times in midfield, and perhaps harshly subbed off at the break, but he needs a rest because he's worked very, very hard to skip. And I think it's also what you guys have said now, Undunbele, to start in that midfield with five centre-backs. You know, are we right to be judging him on that basis? But time will tell. We're going to go for one final quick break. And when we return, Spurs' season is on the line. It's Champions League. It's the second leg of the last 16 tie against RB Leipzig. Come and join us after this very short break. Hello and welcome back to the final part of the last word on Spurs. Spurs. We've got a huge game, James, coming up. Some would say definitely it's season-defining for Tottenham. Champions League, last 16 tie, second leg against RB Leipzig. Can we, James, overturn the 1-0 defeat at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and get ourselves through to the quarterfinals?
3: We can. Um, will we? I don't know. Um, it's, it's a really tough one. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, we can do if we play the way we we played Uh for half an hour against Burnley if we play with the way we did in the first half no chances at all um, yeah I, I think if the players come out and hit the ground running and uh, yeah we can nick an early goal definitely we can you never know what you're going to get with Spurs but a lot of the time it's kind of if, if we're playing those long balls there I think um, Apamecano is back at centre half for them who missed the previous game he's an absolutely superb central defender and if we're playing those Long balls up front to Lucas. He's just going to eat them up. And then Timo Werner plays into, you know, the weakness that we have at centre half for pace. Um, Especially Sanchez has been up and down. I thought he was awful against Burnley. He's good in the previous few games. I, yeah, I mean, it's eminently doable. Whether do I think we'll do it? Probably not. No.
1: It's so tough, this one, because to be fair, Leipzig, to some degree, tally. they outplayed Spurs in that first leg. They registered that crucial win and an away goal thanks to Timo Werner's second-half penalty. They'll argue, deserve, that their efforts meant they should have come away with a better result. But Spurs, you know, we were limited to just six efforts on goal. But, you know, progress-wise for them, all they have to do is match their result or better the first-leg result, and they're going to go through. Do you hold any kind of confidence that Spurs can turn this around in the second leg?
4: Uh, Minimal. I have minimal confidence to be for you. I think, you know, we have to win. We can't get a draw. We've got to win. And we're not good at winning games. And, you know, back to what the guy said earlier, like, I can't see us scoring an open play. I don't know how we score goals. We have no creativity. And unless the boys start with that fire and passion and think, do you know what? We're even getting knocked out of this competition or we're going to win this game. And they play with that mentality for 90 minutes straight. I don't see how we're going to score. So I think, you know, of course we have talent to do it and we could, anything could happen. And I strongly, strongly hope that we do. But on paper, I don't know if we're good enough.
1: I think also concerning Tally, you know, you you bring up there about, you know, our, our form and how we're playing at the moment and the lack of scoring goals. Leipzig are unbeaten in their free Bundesliga matches since they played Spurs in that first leg. Yeah. Werner's moved from 27 goals into 35 appearances for the campaign with his effort in the 5-0 route of Schalke. While Roma Loni Patrick Schick notched his seventh in the Bundesliga in the 1-1 draw against the informed <laughs> Bayer Leverkusen. But despite being held to a goalless draw by Wolfsburg over this weekend, Nagelsmann's side are still only two points behind the leaders by Munich in third. I mean, Darren, you know, to bring James's point into play there, the fact that they've been without so many key defenders, Ibrahim Conte, and Wu for a number of months, that highlights the quality that they've got throughout their squad at the moment. Do you hold any hope that Spurs can turn us around and score more than just a goal if we need to no. up there?
2: No, I don't. Um... <laughs> God. No, I don't. Uh, I'm sorry. We've got to
1: positivity here. It's a big well, game. Um... Well, um... <laughs> so give us so, something uh, Darren
2: give us something. All right I'll, I'll give you something. So we we played a sort of 4-4-2 quite a defensive um uh lineup uh, uh, you know at our place and they got the away goal. They were sort of switching between a 3-4-1-2, 3-4-2-1. Werner's got that free flowing role he can go wherever he wants. Um you know they're at home. I just think they've got the momentum. They've got the away goal and Unfortunately, um, um, he's got to start with Lo Celso. Lichelso. He's got to start with him. If he doesn't, if he wants to you know, bring him on for, for 20 minutes or half an hour, we're, you know, we're, I think we've had it. If, if he starts, like the guys were saying, all guns blazing, just absolutely tear them in you arsehole from the, from, from the opening whistle, then we've got a chance. He needs to have a really attack-minded team. Um, we, we can't have this defense nonsense then we've got a, the slimmest of slim hopes in my heart of hearts um i really don't know where the goals are coming from unfortunately i just don't
1: i'm trying to search for positives
2: here. sorry sorry i'm i'm really sorry you won't <laughs> have it on again will you i'm not having that <laughs> prick on again
1: <laughs> it's not your fault darren it's not your fault i mean Talia did you want to come in there what was you going to say
4: I was going to say he he will definitely start Leselso. I think you know mm. he said after the Norwich game that Leselso, Bergwijn and Winks were knackered, and that was kind of his way of prioritizing Tuesday's game was by arresting them. And I think that's also why he was extra frustrated about Leselso having to actually play the whole forty-five fifty minutes because he obviously wanted to rest him for Tuesday, and the fact that he obviously couldn't get that to happen or something that kind of knocked him over the edge, I reckon. But I think he will definitely start in a better and, I guess, more normal formation with definitely the cells. So he'll play Winks, he'll play Aurier. Uh, I have no idea if Davies is back or is still injured, not a clue. But I think it'll be the pretty, in inverted commas, standard lineup. So I think on just, paper... Just the five like or six
1: changes then, Talia.
4: <laughs> yeah, you know, just a five or six, maybe even a ten. He might stick warm in for Banner again. Oh, my again.
1: God, you couldn't imagine, could you? <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to search for positives here. And, uh, uh, Darren jokingly, before the game, uh, before the game, before the pod, said to me, uh, you know, he hasn't got his stats with him. Well, this is a quite a, a really sad stat, that the duo of Harry Kane and Hun Min Son have a count of a 33 of Tottenham's 72 competitive goals in the 2019-20 campaign. So we definitely... Are going to need to have players stepping up. Let's do a round of predictions. I've got a terrible feeling now. I know this is going to go in the predictions. James, we're going to start with you. What's the score going to be then, James, for this one on Tuesday night?
3: Nil
1: nil. <laughs> nil nil.
3: Nil God, yeah, nil. nil. Well, yeah, they don't need. They don't need to score. No. We, win, we don't know how to score.
1: Okay. Yeah, but nil, I'm nil. more staggered. You're backing us for a clean sheet. Yeah, Same. yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, I think I think it'll get to the point where we know we're not going to score. They'll just knock it around for about 45 minutes and that'll be that really.
1: Okay. Darren, give us uh, something, anything, any hope.
2: I can sing a song for you. I'm very happy to sing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Please don't. I've got stuff to do, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I re- I'm sorry. I, I I reckon maybe 1-0 Leipzig.
1: Okay ya, I deliberately saved you to last, hoping you might be able to leave us with some kind of positive. Have you got anything for us? I think we're going to score. OK. We're
4: going to score. I don't know how... But, probably... am,
1: am, but how many are they going to score in retaliation? <laughs> Double. Double, OK. I'm going 2-1. 2-1 to be Leipzig. Six.
4: You know what? I'm going 2-1 Leipzig if they play how we think they're going to play. If they play how they should play... It could be two-one Spurs. That's your optimism. I'm going to be, be optimistic.
1: I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to go for 2 0 Spurs, and we go through I'll on the away really goal. I've got to try and give some kind of optimism here for our listeners. They're going to hang on. You know, they're hanging on for dear for dear life at the moment. The the poor people that are hanging on. Thank you. Thank you so much, James. Thank you for a wonderful debut. Really appreciate having you on the show, James. Where can people find you if they would like to check out more of your content?
3: Yeah, I don't know why they'd want to, to be honest, but I'm on. I'm James W. Dickens on Twitter. You can find me there.
1: Oh, very modest, James. Thank you very so much for a wonderful debut. Darren, thank you for coming back on. Always a pleasure. Thank you for the analogies. Thank you for the laughs and the banter. We've needed it, to be honest, to get through this.
2: Thank you so much. I'm sorry to be the fucking harbinger of, of doom and gloom, but, uh, you know, you no, got to laugh it, at me. This, this, this is becoming
1: a, 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 a weekly break. prescription show. It's not your fault. It's not your fault at all, Darren. Don't worry.
2: thank you so much really appreciate it been a
1: pleasure some do find it as therapy believe it or not I'm not too sure if I do the way it's going at the moment but we definitely need an uplift that's why Talia's here Talia things are going to get better aren't they
4: I mean they're not getting much worse
1: (laughs) just to to finish up Talia there is a question that I do want to ask you Uh, this is from James at Old Man Hotspur just to finish up he says how bad will it get before
4: it comes good the end of the season
1: okay Tell the seasons are first. right off. As Mourinho yeah. said, seasons are right off. Come back next season.
4: Exactly that.
1: But try and look forward to the Champions League time. Massive to come on Tuesday night. Tottenham Hotspur. Can we make it to the Champions League quarterfinals for consecutive seasons? Jose Mourinho, the man who's a serial winner. Will he be a winner? Let's hope and find out. Thank you for joining us. And as always, come on you Spurs, please. And
4: Spurs. Spurs. Yes, sir.